0: The following podcast is brought to you by Pathways Church. Thanks for joining us for this message from our weekend service. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Christ. If you have any questions or even a story to share about how God is moving in your life, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at pathwayschurch.us. Thanks for listening and we pray that God's word will enrich your journey today. You know, it was in that very environment. I think that song so captures what God was doing very early in the, in the study that we've been in in Acts chapter 1. We're going to look through this book, and, and today we're going to discover a defining moment. I told, uh, told you last week that we're looking at a couple defining moments, not only in biblical history, but in world history. And today we come to Acts chapter 2. And this is one of the most defining chapters of the entire New Testament, entire Bible. And I wanna read it to you. When the day of Pentecost came, they, who are they? The 120, 120 individuals were together, all together in one place, in the upper room. And then here's what takes place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse three says this. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. Imagine for a moment, like flames that came and rested on each of those 120 individuals. It was a supernatural thing that God was doing. And then verse four. All of them, all of them were filled With what? With who? With the Holy Spirit. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What's happening here? You know what's happening here? God's presence is now among his people. God's power is within his people through the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's who we've been studying. In fact, in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is referenced 57 times. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Friends, God showed up in Acts chapter two. Has God ever showed up in your life? unmistakably, undeniably, you know that God showed up. Well, God showed up in Acts chapter two. And God's, his spirit, his presence was manifested in such a way that could only be described with one term. And that term is this, supernatural. It's supernatural. How many of you want the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit in and through your life? How many of you want that? Anybody with me? I am, I want that. I want the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. Now, when that took place, the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Spirit, if you notice in verse 1, it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, when the day of Pentecost arrived, that's when the Holy Spirit came. Pretty amazing because those 120 uh, believers were there in the upper room. But in the city of Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, there were over a million God-fearing Jews who traveled in far and wide throughout the known world of that day. Now you say, well, why is that? Because it was the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was was a day of celebration. It's when, when Jews from all over the world came with their different languages and customs, they came to Jerusalem to celebrate and to worship God. And when they heard the stirring and the commotion, the wind and, and people just praying, and when they saw all of these evidences, these signs of God, they gathered outside that one place in the upper room, and here's what they heard. Here's what they said, verse 11. We hear them declaring the wonders, the 120, declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. They didn't speak the language of those 120, and yet God did something supernatural so that the wonders of God went out into the native languages of those who gathered around the upper room. Now, initially they said, well, (laughs) I think what is happening, some of them said, you know, I think they had a little too much alcohol last night. It, it must have been like a fish fry, and then it went down, and somebody got a little tipsy, and now they're just talking gibberish. And, 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 and here's what they all wondered though what they desperately wanted to know was the answer to this question. Second half of verse 12 What does this mean? What does this mean? We came here for Pentecost to celebrate. And in order to understand the answer to that question, you have to dig a bit into the Jewish history. You have to understand some of the holy days or festivals or, or celebrations, okay? So if you're taking notes and you wanna jot a few things down, here are a couple of things that you need to know. All the way back in the Old Testament, Leviticus 23, God gives his people, the Israelites, seven. Somebody say Seven. Seven festivals, three, say three, three which required all the Jews from all over far and wide to come to Jerusalem. That's God's city. That's God's place, Jerusalem, to worship God. Now, why did God give those festivals to his people? For three reasons. The first, to know that God was doing something in the past, to know that God was doing something in the present currently and to know that god would do something in the future because god does not change jesus is the same yesterday today and forever amen Amen. and so he wanted his people to recount and to recognize the power of god in their lives how many of you are here for the the series on the book of Esther? Remember, we talked about one of those holy days. It was the, the holy day, the feast of Perm. Remember that little annoying toy, that craiger that, that we said, right? And the kids would noise In fact, on Easter, it was so hilarious. We had the family who had the craiger. The mom saw me and she said, I'm giving this back to you. This is driving me nuts. Little Aiden is spinning this thing, and I know that God saves, but he needs to save me. So here's the craiger." Now, she didn't say that, but I, that body language, it was translated perfectly. I got the, she spoke in my tongue, I heard, okay? All right, so Pentecost means 50th day, okay? Now, you're gonna have to stay with me a little bit here. 50th day, 50th day from what? Well, 50th day from the Sabbath following Passover, Okay, so 50 days, OK? From the Sabbath, 50 days, one two three, four, nine, 50. Pentecost. OK? Following Passover. All right? What's Passover? Passover. In the Old Testament is where God rescued his chosen people from Egyptian slavery and bondage. Over 400 years, 430 years, remember God raises up Moses, Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people, that's right, and after how many plagues, 10 plagues, the last of being that the angel of death was gonna pass through Egypt and all the firstborn were going to die unless there was the lamb, the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, the angel of the Lord would pass over, I get it? Pass over that house, okay? And would spare the oldest, okay? Now, scholars tell us if you study biblical history, 50, stay with me, 50 days after the Israelites were rescued from Egypt. Remember, they go to the Red Sea, God does a miracle. Then 50 days after they initially rescued, 50 days, God calls a little timeout. Everybody say timeout. Timeout. God says timeout. He says, Moses, timeout. You gotta come up on Mount Sinai. I gotta draw up a new play for you, okay? So so, uh, Moses goes on Mount Sinai, and here's what we read in Exodus 19. This is what God says to Moses. This is what you are going to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel, these freshly redeemed people out of the chains of slavery. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. God was looking for a people who are going to be in relationship with him. Next verse. Now, if you obey me and fully keep my covenant, then I'll out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. And although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you are going to speak to the Israelites. See, God wanted his kids, the children of Israel, to be a kingdom of priests, to 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 be a holy nation, to reflect and to represent God, for his kids to be witnesses to the surrounding nations. It sounds a lot like what we heard last week, right? It sounds like a lot like that verse in Acts chapter 1 where Jesus says, listen, verse 1-8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my, say that word right there, Witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, if you know your Bible a little bit or, or you just have heard some of the stories, you know that the Israelites didn't do such a good job of that all through the Old Testament. They weren't the greatest witnesses. They weren't the greatest kingdom of priests. They continually turned their back on God. They continually strayed and drifted and they struggled to obey God's covenant. And God, through his mercy, kept reaching out to them and kept sending prophet after prophet. He kept doing a work in their nation and they would just cycle back toward disobedience and rebellion. To the extent in which in the book of Jeremiah, God said, you know what? You're you're gonna have to go into captivity. And so they went into Babylonian captivity for 70 years. And the prophet Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet, he says this in Jeremiah 31, verse 33. This is a key verse in the Old Testament. Mark it down for yourself. He says, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it, on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Okay? Now, first time that he had given his law to them, it was 50 days after They came out of Egyptian captivity. Uh, Moses went up on Mount Sinai. He has this time out, this huddle with God. He comes back down and he says to the people, God wants to give us a gift. And so he goes back up on the mountain and listen to what takes place. Fire hits the top of the mountain. And there's a gift given. What's the gift? It's the law. It's the very next chapter. It's the 10 commandments. And you know what is born all the way back, 50 days after they're rescued out of Egypt. There's a nation that is born. The law, the Ten Commandments, and all the dietary restrictions, all those laws were not meant to restrict God's people. God's law is perfect. It's never meant to restrict you. It's to provide an umbrella of blessing and protection when we live under his ways. And so he gave them this gift on Mount Sinai. They drifted 70 years in the captivity. And and Jeremiah says, one day, that law is going to be written on your hearts, on your minds. It's gonna be this internal, indwelling presence and power. The prophet Joel speaks of this event and Joel two twenty eight. He says this, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit. We just prayed that, didn't we? Pour out your spirit. Pour, I will pour out my spirit. On who? On who? all people. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter what country. It doesn't matter who you are, how wealthy you are, how educated you are. It doesn't matter your gender. God will pour out his spirit on all people. God is for every single person who comes to him and says, God, I just want you. I want your presence. I want your power. Joel says, afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Now, this event that Jeremiah and Joel is talking about began 400 years later, the inauguration of this event, the inbreaking of this event, began when Jesus Christ came down from heaven and became one of us, called the Incarnation. When Jesus took on flesh form, it began this historic event. See, Jesus fulfilled everything that God needed him to accomplish for us to be his people, for that law to be written on our minds and birthed inside of our hearts. Why? Because God is always looking for a people to partner with in order to accomplish his purposes. God was looking for a people all the way back in the Exodus God was looking for a people all the way through the book of, of Judges, all the way through the kings of, of Saul and David and Solomon, all the way. He was always looking for a group of people known as the remnant and through the major and the minor prophets. And he was looking for a people when Jesus came, to do the things that Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Well, he gave life to the lost. He gave sight to the blind. He gave restoration and healing and hope. He was so full of grace. He gave grace to every single person. He was not stingy with the love of the Lord. He was fully human and fully God. What Jesus did was essentially, he brought this world that was full of chaos and he made it, at peace with the Father. He brought the kingdom rule and reign, the authority of the Father to earth. Now here's what most Christians miss. Here's what most Christians miss. Ask me the question, what do most Christians miss, Adam? What do most Christians miss, Adam? Thank you. Some of you did that so well, your inflection was awesome. Most Christians miss this fact. The father never wanted his presence and his power to remain with Jesus only. That's why John sixteen seven, Jesus says this. I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Now, we're gonna wrap this in just a moment. This is so amazing. Stay with me. Pentecost how, means how many days? Oh, you guys are brilliant. All right. 50 days from the Sabbath following... Passover, Okay, now watch this. Thursday, last week of Jesus' life. Remember, he comes in the triumphal entry, right? Palm Sunday, right? Okay. Thursday, then he does some radical stuff. He comes into the temple. He's flipping. It's angry Jesus. It's MMA Jesus. He's flipping tables. He's letting, but he's like, I don't know how you made this. This is not called, this is not for money changers. It's a house of prayer. Thursday, He's in the upper room with his disciples and they're celebrating Passover. Friday, he's crucified. He's crucified as the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's what John said. The lamb all the way back in Exodus, that was the blood of the lamb that was put on the doorpost so that the angel of death would pass over. Jesus now becomes the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Quiet Saturday. Disciples full of fear and doubt. What happens on Sunday? Resurrection Sunday. Comes back to life. Luke said, we learned this last week. Luke chapter one, Jesus stayed on earth for 40 days after the resurrection. Remember the phrase? Giving many convincing proofs that he was alive. He, became, he came uh, uh, behind locked doors and through walls, revealed himself to Doubting Thomas, to uh, over 500 believers, First Corinthians, uh, Paul writes about. Like he shows up, he wants to convince people. The first followers... Pray for 10 days and worship, asking for the Holy Spirit, waiting, faith-filled obedience, waiting for the Holy Spirit. So do the math. 40 plus 10 equals what? 50. On the 50th day, the Holy Spirit comes. Now, watch this. Take the Old Testament and give you two slides. If you're like, this is Bible nerd stuff, okay? This is like geeking out. This is stuff that I get really excited about when I study. Okay, because I love to see the continuity and the symmetry and the mind of God and how he works. How he works through his people all through time for you and me today. The day of Pentecost, 50th day, if you look at Exodus 19, Mount Sinai, there was fire, gift, and a birth. Fire on a mountain, gift of the 10 commandments that was written on stone tablets and the birth of a nation. Acts chapter two, the 50th day. Acts chapter two, there's fire, gift, and a birth. Fire on the top of the heads of, right? Not on a mountain, on people. Woo! Right? Fire, that emoji, the Holy Spirit started that. Just saying. So don't think iOS and somebody who created it, that was all God, okay? Fire on top of the heads of all the individuals. That's significant, we're gonna learn about that in the next couple weeks, okay? There was a gift, gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Spirit didn't come on tablets, came within the hearts of people. Just what Jeremiah said, gonna be written on the hearts and the minds of people. Sending of the gift, the Father delivered the gift. And then there was the birth, not of a nation, but of the church. Now you say, Adam, okay, this is all well and nice. I appreciate the history lesson. I'm glad you studied really hard this week. (laughs) But what difference does this have to do with me? What does this mean for me? Well, here, let let me tell you what it means for you and me today in the 21st century. It means that we need to be aware of two things. We need to be aware that we have a message, the first message, and we have a picture of the first church. And if we want the Holy Spirit to be poured out on us, then we need to be true to our message, and we need to be true to form in our behaviors and our practices as the church, okay? So first, let's look at the message. Here's the message. The message that takes place in Acts chapter two is this. Peter stood up. He stood up with the 11, and he raised his voice, and he addressed the crowd. Remember, they all gathered around. They're listening. All these tongues are bursting out, and they're like, what's going on? They hear the praises of God, and then Peter stands up, and he says, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I'm about to say. Here's the first message. Here's the first message. Here's what Peter says. Peter says, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. He says, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. God, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all, say that word, witnesses of it. Now, wait a second. Time out. You gotta understand they are in Jerusalem. 50. Fifty, one, one, two, three days earlier, Jesus was killed in Jerusalem. This was not career advancement for Peter to stand up and preach this message. This was not a resume builder, friends. This was a cross hanger. Like, you're going to die if you start doing stuff like that. But Peter is so full of the spirit, he's like, man, I got to tell them about Jesus. He stood up with the 11. I don't think that's just literally. I think that's metaphorically. He stood up with some people to address their curiosity and the wonder of what was taking place. And then he goes on and he says this in verse 33, exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and he has poured out what you now see and hear. And do you know what happens next? If you grew up... In any other denomination, or you did any church history, I want you to hear this as loud. I want to declare this as loudly and as clearly and as boldly as I can. The church of Jesus Christ is not created by a human being, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. It was wedged in the heart and the mind of God since the beginning of time as a redemptive agent to bring people who are lost and hurting and sinful back to the heart of God through the message of Jesus Christ. Yes. 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 Because when they heard the message that Peter delivered, they said, what should we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized. And verse 41 says this, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added. To their number that day. That's the first church. Chapter one went from 120 faith filled, obedient people who waited in the upper room and did a 10 day prayer service, waiting for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. Peter stands up as the apostle and says, Here's the message. And 3,000 Jews come to Jesus and say, Yes we want this yes Yes. that's the message of the church friends you know why that's important because that ought to be your message and my message because that's the message of Pathways Church. The message of Pathways Church is not about a denomination, it's not about a personality or performance, it's not about a building, it's not about a number, it's not about a budget, it's not about the number of ministry. Listen, the 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 message of Pathways Church is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. That Jesus is the savior of all people who call on his name. The scripture promises that you will be saved. That's our message. We need to be in touch with our message. We need to know our message. We need to know the orders and the commands of God through Jesus. You want to know God? You want to know the Father's heart? Then follow Jesus. Read Jesus. Know Jesus. Put into practice the actions of Jesus. Amen. Jesus is our message. Now, here's the second thing. Not only do we know, need to know our message, the first message, for millions of years this message has been declared. For millions of years, this message has changed people's lives and their eternal destiny. And you can share this message. God wants you to share the message of Jesus through your life, through your words, through your actions. Jesus, Jesus. He wants Jesus to flow through you. Now, the second thing is the first church. These 3,000 people became the first church. And I'm gonna read this next section of scripture to you and here's how it applies to all of us. I want you to ask yourself this. Ask yourself, when I read this next section of of scripture, is this me? Is this me? I want you to say, what I'm about to read to you, I want you to say, man, is is this my faith? Is this how I live out? Is this who I am as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, is this me? Here's the passage, let me read it to you. They, the Christians, those 3,000, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together In heart and mind, they had everything in common. Verse 45, they sold property and possessions to give to everyone and anyone who had need. Verse 46, and every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. We enjoy the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Ask yourself, is that me? You know what I've been asking? Is that Pathways? See, the reason that this message is so important for this one question. If then, why not now? If the same God who promised his Holy Spirit would fall on people and they would do signs and wonders, God would use them to bring healing and love and hope to community, God is always looking for a people to partner with to accomplish his purpose. If Acts chapter two is true, and Acts chapter two, over 2,000 years ago, then I believe that it can be true today. I believe that God wants to use you and me, our church, to stand up for truth, just like Peter did. We're gonna see over the next coming weeks the, the, the beauty and the wonder when the church keeps its message at the center of Jesus Christ, we're gonna see how powerful God wants to move. And that's what I am giving my life to. That's what I wanna see. I wanna see the move of God, friends. I'm not here really to play church. I didn't, I didn't sign up. God didn't call me to be a pastor because he said, you know what, that would be a good career track for you, Adam. You're pretty good with words. You're a decent leader. No, you know why he called me to church, to, to lead a church, to pastor? Because I believe that when he made me in my mom's womb, when I came out as a chunk of monk, 10 pounds, one ounce. Oh yeah, right? All the women are like, oh dear Lord, bless that woman. All right, fat rolls everywhere. (laughs) Tucked in that little heart. He just, he gave me some gifts and some things, and he said, I just, I just want you to love some people and lead them in my ways through your broken and your messy life. And my life has been broken and messy. I am far from perfect. But I am open to say, pour out your spirit in me. Pour out your spirit. So you're here today and you're like, okay, so what do I do with this message? There's a couple things that you can do. You're new to the Holy Spirit and the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Then I wanna invite you back tonight. We're gonna do something called Dig Deeper. Dig Deeper, here's a slide that's gonna be on the screens and screens uh, over on the side screens. It's called uh, Dinging Deeper. We're gonna do a little Dig Deeper tonight at 6 p.m., no childcare. We're going to stream it online, but you can submit some of your questions. Ask Adam at PathwaysChurch.us. You can text 920-482-6710. You can do that right now. Maybe some questions from last week. Anything on the Holy Spirit? What I'm going to do is just do a teach for about I don't know however long that the Lord has me teach. Maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and then we're going to do some Q&A. So whatever questions that you submit. I'll do my best to answer, and if I don't know the answers to the question, I'll, I'll get back to you, but I'm going to be on the hot seat a little bit, and um, I want to answer. I want to dig deeper into this, because I believe for the vast majority of the local church, we know Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We don't really know him, right? So I really want to kind of dig on this a little bit. I want to dig a little deeper. So bring your Bibles and your notebooks. Uh, I want to teach, and we're, we're going to go there. Okay. Second thing, application for you this week is simply this. Take that little passage of scripture, Acts 2, 42 through 47. And I want you to read that through, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 times. And I just want you to ask yourself this question. Is this me? Because I know when I did that this week, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, oh, Adam, there are some areas that I still wanna work in you. I wanna work in you so that you can become more like who I want you to be. God will give you the desire and the power to do what pleases him, friends. He's not here to guilt you or, or, to, or to shame you. Yes, to convict. Yes, to show some things in your life, just like in my life where there's a gap. But then you just take that gap and you turn it into a prayer request. God, so help me with that. Lead me, guide me. What changes do I need to make? Maybe that's the application for you. Finally, you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You're watching online today and you know that you don't know Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's God's son, second person of the Trinity. You can meet him today. You can place your faith and your hope in him. If you're here today and you know that this is your moment, you're watching online, I want you to type in, I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm giving my life to Jesus. If you're here in the room today and you've drifted, you've turned your back on God, you've been like maybe the Israelites and God is calling out to you today or you've never met Jesus. Maybe you have some head knowledge, which the the law, the law, the law of love has never been written on your heart. You've never experienced him, his love for you. If you're here today and you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ, would you just lift your hand? I want to acknowledge you in this moment, your decision. It's a great moment. Anybody here today in this room? Okay. Okay, then we're going to pray together. I don't know who's watching online. So can we pray this prayer together? God, thank you for your love, for sending Jesus for my sin. Forgive me, save me, come into my life. I receive your Holy Spirit. I wanna open him up. I wanna be in relationship with him so that I can know you better and do greater things than you did for your Father's kingdom. Now, Father, I pray for our congregation today that you would continue to lead us and guide us, Lord. Help us to be your humble servants that would honor you. We want your love to be flowing through us today. Thank you for our time together. God, I pray for miracles that would happen this week, the miracle of transformation, the miracle of growth, the miracle of healing, the miracle of repentance, the the miracles that, God, you have uh, put out before us. God, good works that you've prepared for us this week. God, we want to be a part. We want to partner with you to accomplish your purposes. We love you, and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, can we celebrate those who perhaps are online today giving their lives to Jesus? Can we celebrate? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great.